0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. All of my message today is give God something to do. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God's giving me something to do. Back in January of last year, when it was brought to our attention by Dr. Vickers when, and Pastor Bruce and Pastor Sandy had asked us if we would be willing to take the position of pastors, I went before the Lord, and you've heard me say this before, but I want to repeat it again to go along with what God has laid upon my heart this morning with our, for the message I went before the Lord and I said, well, Lord, if we do this, have you ever said to God, if? God, if we do this, I need a vision. You see, the Bible says people without a vision, they perish. They die, they go by the wayside. They're just like a flower that has wilted. When they're bloom and looking pretty, people pay attention. They admire them. I've been beside other people. Remember one time we went down to the bush gardens, I believe it was, and one of the I remember hearing somebody say, isn't that just lovely? They were overwhelmed. And they said, oh, I wish I could grow it like that. But had that flower been dead, they probably would have walked right on by. Yeah. And probably just kind of snarled their nose at it and thinking, well, some listen, somebody isn't keeping it up. Somebody's not doing their job. Or else the flower would be blooming. If it's not blooming and the time of it is to die and wilt, then it's somebody's position, it's their place, that gardener needs to replace it, put something there, that when someone walks by, it gets their attention. We see, that's what a vision does. It should get your attention. And a vision... You'll know it's from God when it's something that He's envisioned you to do that you cannot do without His help. If it's a vision that you can do, it's not a vision from God. God is always challenging His people to go and accomplish something that requires Him to be a part of. Not for your glory, but that he would receive the glory. Can I get an amen? amen. So when I asked him about a vision, he laid it on my heart that he said, "I, I, I want you to use a scripture, but I want you to incorporate it all under one heading. Or many scriptures, but all under one heading, and it's advancing the kingdom of God. I hope that if someone asks you, well, what is your church statement that you attend? What is y'all's purpose? You see, if you don't have a purpose, and if you don't know your purpose uh, that you are part of, then in other people's eyes, you have no vision. And it's the part of a pastor or the leader of any organization or a company to instill the vision and the purpose of what that business or that ministry is for. Are y'all hearing this this morning? If I own a painting business, and I do, and sometimes I feel like it owns me, Phil. But if I own, in owning a painting business, it's imperative that, that I portray to my customers that I'm not just a fly-by-night, but I'm here with a purpose. And that is not just to paint your property, your building, your home. But my purpose And this needs to be instilled to the customer that I'm not here just to paint, but I'm here to make it look better than it did before. And I'm here to do a job that's impeccable that when I am done, not just you can say it was well done, but I can say, it's my business, I want to be able to say, I did a good job when God puts a vision in you or in a group of people as a body of Christ we should have the mindset that where we go and we're asked what is your purpose what is the purpose of your church see every church should have a vision but not all of them have the same purpose Just as there are a five-fold ministry, pastor, preacher, teacher, and evangelist, and so on. But they're there to fulfill one purpose, and that is to what? Bring all into perfection. So, so, so our church, our purpose is that we're advancing the kingdom. But in advancing the kingdom, there's many facets to that. And and, and when you study the word of God, the kingdom of God brings into play every facet of, of, of physically, spiritually, and financially. Are you listening? God doesn't leave anything out because when we're talking about advancing the kingdom of God, we're talking about the entirety of the kingdom of God. But where we come into play at Passion Church, we must know what our vision is. Not only do we know the vision, which is advancing the kingdom of God, but we have to be selective by the Holy Spirit in what part of that vision does He want to accomplish first and foremost. There's always a first in everything. I had to ask Kelly first to marry me before she said yes. So in order to do that, I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, what would you have me do? I got the vision. <laughs> God is so comical. He's, he's, he has a lot of humor. Humor. You know, a lot of people think God is just up there up, up somewhere in heaven with a big billy stick and he's just ready to whoop you over the head when you just do. And all he's looking is to, to, to make, just to see if you're doing something bad. Well, my relationship with God is, has been fun. And if you're, not, if you're not happy being a Christian, you're not doing it right, I can tell you that. But the the first thing that he he placed within my heart is since there since we know the kingdom of God is incorporates spiritual and natural if we don't accomplish the natural then we can't accomplish the spiritual the reason for that is that because when you become It says that the spiritual man cannot comprehend the things of the natural. But if we're going to win the natural man, since he can't comprehend the things of the spirit, I want you to follow me this morning. And I'm I'm, going to take my time. I really believe this is imperative that we have to understand if we're going to reach the lost, the the natural man can't understand the things that you understand. And you can't lead them to spiritual things if they don't understand the spiritual things. And in order to get them to understand the spiritual things, they have to see with these eyes because they're natural. They've got to see the Spirit in the natural form. And the way they do that is, number one, the way you live, how you live, and the representation of Christ in our lives. You see, in Nehemiah, his friends came by and they said, Nehemiah, it's it's looking bad over there in Jerusalem. In fact, it's a reproach. The walls have come down. They destroyed it. When Nehemiah goes over, Goes to the king, king says, Well, what are you so sad about? You're never this way. I want you to understand God used Nehemiah, and Nehemiah, Nehemiah was not a man of prestige. He was a cupbearer. Yes, he served in the king's castle, but he was a cupbearer. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, we are a part and have fellowship, and we work in the king's castle. But we are his servants. We are his cupbearer. And we need to get a mentality concept within our minds that we got to get an understanding. We need to not only live in the kingdom in order to advance it. But we got to be in service in the king's castle. Nehemiah said... Things are looking pretty bad. I said, Yeah, it's looking bad. He says, Well, I'd like to go over there. But first of all, Nehemiah was in the presence of the king, and the king said, Your countenance is sad. This is not like you. He says, Well, I have a reason to be sad. Listen, he said, My ancestors, my family, we're church family. We're here, we're family. He said, They're struggling. The walls have been torn down. They are actually a reproach. These were people of God. Nehemiah knew he was a part of a people that were called the people of God. And in doing so, Nehemiah, the king said to Nehemiah, he said, well, what's on your heart? And he says, well, I want to go and I want to rebuild. Everybody say, rebuild. Rebuild. What does he want to rebuild? The place that represented that God was God. And God was an abundant God. It was heavy in his heart. So Nehemiah goes. And if you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me there over to Nehemiah. Nehemiah and look with me in verse, uh, chapter number 2. I'm going to start with verse 11. I'm going to read read quickly. So I came to Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah. So I came to Jerusalem and I was there three days. Then I arose in the night and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one that I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and to the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate into the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and I viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others Who would do the work. Then I said to them. You see the distress. That we are in. Nehemiah has a vision here. And he's sharing it. With. The priests. The nobles. The officials. He's sharing it with the ones who can do the work. And he says. Then I said to them. You see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lies in waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Listen now. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, So they said, you know what happened? These people got a glimpse of Nehemiah's vision. They didn't just get a glimpse. Honey, it got in their heart. It got in their nowhere. It got down inside of them. This is what they said. And it didn't say this is what Nehemiah said. It said, and they said. Then the word, "This is what they came to Nehemiah. They 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 had something to tell him. Let us rise up and build." Now they not only said, "Let's do it," but then it says, "Then they set their hands to this good work." It's imperative that we get a vision. It needs to be a spiritual vision and a natural vision. Because God is interested in the natural. He said that we would, that, 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 that we would prosper here on earth. And that we would do on earth as it is in heaven. So when people ride by, we want to draw their attention Because the spiritual man knows in their heart what we're doing. But the natural man riding by has no concept about the spirit of God that you know and that you serve. But what happens is when the natural person rides by, we're not a reproach. Come on, our walls aren't falling down. Are you hearing me? Now, your actions are speaking louder than your words. Because you put your hand to the good work. When you say, well, you do that. Well, when you do that, by doing that, we that are spiritual, we put our hand to it by by putting our finances into it, putting our time into it putting our physical bodies into the labor of it. Come on. You say, well, why is that important? If we're going to be able to reach them, ladies and gentlemen, people have heard about Jesus Christ. It's time that they see him in action. And the only way that they're going to see him in action is that God is going to have, to use not just our mouth and our eyes and our ears. But he's got to have every aspect of our life. He has to have it all. Now you say, well, pastor. If we're going to continue the growth. If we're going to continue to, to build and to enhance the kingdom of God. I like to think that this is Jerusalem and, and, and the walls were getting kind of shaky. It was time to get things straightened back up a little bit. That's how I'm viewing it in my spirit. So to do that, the Lord took me this week over into, uh, into Ezekiel. And it's, it's, it's uh, kind of unique that Kelly brought Ezekiel into the scriptures this morning. In regards to the tithes and offering, But I want you to turn with me over into Ezekiel. Into the 37th chapter. And I'm going to do my best to be as quick as possible. I know it's already 1116. Some of your stomach may be ground. You're ready to get out of here. 37th chapter of of Ezekiel. Look in verse number 4 of the 37th chapter. I'm reading from the, I'm reading from the uh, New King James Version. Prophesy to these bones. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. Now, let me just go ahead and read verse number... Verse, let me start in verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. He set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, this is God speaking to Ezekiel. Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, I like his answer. Oh, Lord, only you know that. Has God ever asked you a question and you had to refer to that same answer? (laughs) Well, Lord, I could not give you a clue. I cannot tell you. Only you know that. Verse number four. Again, he said to me. Now, this is what he's saying to me. After he's taken him in and showed him the situation, the circumstance, what needs to be done, he said prophesy. To these bones. What did he show him? He showed him dry bones. Did he say, I want you to prophesy to the sky? Why don't you you prophesy to that chariot that brought us over here? No. He took him and showed him. This is a vision. He showed him what the issue was. He... I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use it this morning. He showed them the problem. You see, God doesn't have a problem. We have problems. God does not have problems. We have problems. I don't know if you heard me. God does not have a problem. <laughs> he said to them, I want you to say to these dry bones, here... The word of the Lord. Now listen to what he says to say to these bones. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I'll cause breath to enter in you and you shall live. I'll put sinews in you and bring, up flesh, uh, bring flesh upon you. I'll cover you with skin. Put breath in you and you shall live. Boy, if God tells you that, you can take that to the bank and cash it. Amen. Because God don't lie. If he gives you a vision, then he gives, and when he gives you a vision, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to give you the word to back it up. I'm going to say that again. If he gives you a vision, he's giving you the word to back it up. He knows he's going to have to rely on his word, because if it's a vision from him, he knows you can't do it without him. Praise the Lord. Then you shall know. Why did he say that he wants him to... He wants this to take place. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Now listen. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied. As I prophesied. Not a day later. Not a week later. As I was speaking to these bones what God's word said. I heard something. Something started to happen. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when we get to the place where the vision of God gets big enough in you, ladies and gentlemen, you'll not only prophesy, but you won't have to wait for the prophecy to come forth. Hallelujah. Because faith is what moves the Word of God. Woo, getting happy this morning. Glory to God. Mm, this is good preaching. I'm going to buy this CD myself, John. Glory mm-hmm. to God. For those mornings I wake up and I really need a, mm, 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 I need a good kick. Amen. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Suddenly, somebody look at your neighbor. Would you just look at him and say, suddenly. Woo! The Lord. Oh, I got to say it again. Suddenly, <laughs> a rattling of the bones came together, Amen. bone to bone. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to stop there. Or I'll be here all day long preaching. My goodness. <laughs> ah, yeah, I, I might as well. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. Oh, it right then. Right then, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Oh, now listen to that. When you're in the midst of your vision, don't get discouraged. Even though you're beginning to see a little skin, don't get discouraged because it ain't happening all the way. Here, the breath hadn't come in yet. I don't think Ezekiel was getting discouraged. I think he was so caught up in the fact that not only did I just tell these bones what to do. Hello. He had the power and authority of God on him. God told him to say these things. Do you know that the word of God has many, 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 many hundreds and hundreds of promises for you and I. That we are to prophesy to the circumstance based upon the word of God. Praise the Lord. We are living beneath our privileges because we're not prophesying what thus saith the Lord to our circumstance. Glory to God. You want something to change? You need your children saved? Then you need to begin to prophesy. Say to this mountain, the church too long, listen to me, the church too long has been trying to teach the people of God to climb a mountain. And God never intended you to be a mountain climber. He intended you to be a mountain dissolver. Yeah. Woo! Well, praise the Lord. He wants you to speak to your mountain, not go down there at Walmart and buy you some mountain climbing gear. Glory to God. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what. I am getting something inside of me day after day, Brother Phil. Day after day, it starts getting bigger. Starts getting bigger. You see, when you prophesy the word of God, God now is saying, you have now give me something to do. We're always saying, Well, God, what do you want me to do? Well, we should know. If you got a vision, you got to speak to it. Praise the Lord. I remember when I walked through this place as we became pastors and I began to see some things that needed to, to, to take place. And I went to Kelly and she and I, we began to pray in our spirit. I didn't have to actually just go to her. You see, we become one. But we both knew some things need to be freshened up. Some things need to move on. And you know, I, because I'm, <laughs> I'm just human, I said, God. You know, I, I kind of felt like, <clears throat> what's the guy's name when God came to him and said, uh, you're you a man of valor? What was his name? Gideon. Gideon. I felt like Gideon you remember in the Bible where God went to the angel appeared to Gideon and he said Gideon thou man of valor thou man of valor and Gideon was probably looking around saying who is he talking to because Gideon was hiding in a hole he was the least kind of like Saul when God came to Saul or Samuel came to Saul and said Saul you're gonna you're gonna be the new king you're gonna lead God's people he said not me I am the least <clears throat> Well, I kind of went that way with God. I kind of felt like a Gideon. I said, God, I haven't, I haven't been in pastoralship for quite a few years, and I'm real happy just playing music. I'm real happy there. Can I just be honest with you? I don't want all of that mess. You see, he was giving me a vision of what needed to be done. I just said, God, I got my plate full. Have you ever said to God when he wanted you to do something, you say, you have, not me, God. Do you know I have this going on and this going on? I got to pick up the kids at practice. I got to take them to practice. I got to do, I got to be home, fix supper. But My, my, my old man, he just jumps on me because I don't have it. I've got all of these excuses. And I did. I said, God, I ain't got time. You know, God, again, with his sense of humor, says, hmm, I guess I ain't got time for you. I said, don't you, get, don't, don't you get an attitude with me. I might could carve out sometime. Uh-huh. You see, when God gives you a vision, it's always something you personally can't do on your own. I'll, I began to walk this property in this church. I said, God, there ain't no way I can do that. I don't make enough money. He said, I'm not asking you to pay for it. He said, I'm asking you to believe for it. You see, God turned the tables on me when I was asking him, what do you want me to do? When I begin to feel inadequate, God had to remind me, and he probably has reminded you, and he will continue to remind you, just as he does me. you can't do anything without me. I said, God, that's true. He said, you know, you can't even suck the next breath unless I ordain it. And I went, but you did. What God was saying to me was, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to give me something to do. You see, when God gives you a vision, and you know you can't do it, you have to give Him something to do. How do we give God something to do? When He gives you the vision, you have to, number one, you pray. This is your part. You do pray. Oh, you pray. Listen, (laughs) you pray like it depends on God, but you work like it depends on you. So I prayed. And when we pray... In the process of that prayer, you know what that vision is. In order to accomplish that vision, it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. God's not going to give you the whole thing at once. If it did, then you wouldn't need any faith. But when he gives it to you a step at a time, he says, well, let's start with this. And then when we started with that, he said, I took care of that, didn't I? I said, well, Lord, yeah, you did. God, you you did real good on that. And then another project come along and he said, "Um, how'd I do? I said, well, God, you did good. I said, in fact, God, you're you're really good at this. I'm glad he is because I know nothing about construction. Ask John. And then God brought another project. I said, that's something else for you to do, Lord. And it was like he said, I got that too. And ladies and gentlemen, as long as we are advancing the kingdom, naturally, spiritually, physically, these seats will be filled. Amen. For God. Amen. These seats will be filled. I'm convinced of it. I, I, I have, I, listen, I have already got my confirmation from the Lord, Brother Phil. He, He done told me. If you do your part, <clears throat> he said, you're not ready to fill these seats. I thought, well, why not? They soft. He said, well, I made them soft because I knew how long-winded you were. I said, I'm getting better at that. <laughs> Nehemiah said that the people said that it, was, it had become... An eyesore. If we're not careful, we're going to let natural things become an eyesore, and the natural people will not be a part of an eyesore. They want to be a part of something that's happening. They want to be around people. Now, I know I have said this before, and you, I don't know how you take it, but it really doesn't matter to me because I don't say it in a way. That is haughty or uh, who am I? But ladies and gentlemen, when you get a vision and you know God's slap-dab in the middle of it and you know who you are in Christ, you begin to portray that to the world and this is what you portray. I am somebody going somewhere to make something happen. For the glory of God yes, has nothing to do about give me glory amen. but you know what because God loves to get glory he can't help but want to share some of that with you spiritually physically and financially because God is all of that <clears throat> so in closing today you know it's amazing I can get so happy and break glasses I have broke two glasses this morning Look in that briefcase right there, and you're going to see right there, you're going to see another pair. I broke this morning. I think I broke them in front of you, didn't I, Brother Tommy? I am so excited. Don't put nothing in my hands, ladies and gentlemen. i tear it all to pieces. <laughs> I am wired and fired. I am excited. You know why I'm excited? You know why I'm excited? Because I feel like Onehemiah when they started building that wall. I could see Nehemiah trying to climb up that ladder. Man, I'll tell you what, if I had a 40-foot stretch right now and I do a lot of climbing on ladders, I think I could run that thing right now. I could run all the way up with the two cans of paint. You see, what happens is when you get, when you not only get the vision, but you get involved in the vision, God will begin to stir you and stir your faith and you begin to realize, you begin to realize what God said when he said, is anything too hard for me? And then all of a sudden, something wells up within you, Sister Smith, and it's like, well, I can, I can do all things yeah. through Christ, through Christ through who strengthens Christ. me. You know, the Lord. And I'm so excited that he's put me with a group of people called my family who have the same vision, who have the same heartbeat. Do you know what those men that came to Nehemiah, what did they say? They rose up and said, we can build it. I'm a part of a group of people, Kelly and I are, we we have the opportunity to be pastors of a group of people that have that same mentality. I'm looking at you in the seats today that says, we can do this. We can do this. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're fixing to put paint and tear off the rest of that, whatever they call that stuff on the walls, wallpaper, and we're fixing to paint, bring it all the way to the green room. And God knows the parking lot's getting fixed. We found out what was the problem with the roof on the corner up there. Sent one of the uh, sent my son up there to look at it. We know what the problem is. It can be fixed. Hallelujah. It's not gonna take a lot of money to fix it like we thought it was gonna be. Like I'm talking to a man now that wants to look and see maybe contributing to some degree, maybe on the parking lot. Glory to God, every time I turn around, feel somebody saying, Can I help, ya? I can help you?" Yeah! People in the church, you are saying, What do we need to do next? Yeah. You see, with God, I said, With God, yeah. nothing is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And to think that He would choose a little old country boy like me and a little country girl like Kelly to come in here and just call, and to be called pastor, as I told him the other day, at the lead me, no, I'm not, I ain't no pastor, I don't even know how to pastor. I'm like Solomon when he prayed to God. I don't know how to come in or go out on my own. In fact, if it wasn't for Kelly, I'd probably be in a real big mess. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that, but God does. And if I follow his lead, if I follow his lead, if I follow his lead, I can't go wrong. And you know what? It's going to make it look like I actually got good sense. (laughs) Ain't God God just so cool? To to think that he just uses this old country boy right here. You know, I tell people sometimes, they say, well, what do you do? I say, I'm just an old painter. You know, God, God, God corrected me with that one day. He said, you're what? I said, Lord, I told him I was just an old painter. He said, is that how you see yourself? He said, is that how you see your business? A, a business that I've prospered and I've done well for you in? He said he did, and I knew it was him. He said, well, if that's, only, if that's all you see yourself as, that's all you'll ever be. I said, well, God, I, really, I, don't, I don't even want to paint no more. He says, good, I'll work on that. I said, I'd really like to just pastor full time so I can hang out with these people. Be there every time their, knee, their, their uh, nose runs. Or they sneeze when they need a diaper change. You know, Christians have to have diapers changed sometimes. He said, I can, I can take care of that. He said, but if you'll build my house, I'll build yours, and I'll build you. You see, when we get the vision, and I believe, I am convinced that this, this church family has the vision. We are advancing the kingdom of God. And it starts right here in this house, this building. Solomon knew that if he could build, and, and his dad David knew this. His dad David knew. He said, David said, I want to build you a house. Why? So people could come and worship. But David didn't want to build something that looked like there was just a hut. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of something that says, "Look at what God Amen. has done." Amen. Look Amen. what God did, not what Ron did, not what Ron and uh uh-uh. Ah, no. Look what God Amen. did. Amen. Amen. Little old, <laughs> just a little old Gideon, and then God says to me, "You man of valor." I said, "What you say?" <laughs> See, I don't have that mindset no more. My mindset is, I'm a son of God. And if he gives me a vision, he's going to do it. If I will cooperate. If I will cooperate. I must pray like it depends on him. But I must work at it like it depends on me. And God's going to bless it. God is blessing. He's blessing this church. He is blessing this church. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he is blessing this church. Every time I turn around, he's going to say, will not y'all do this? Well, why not? I like that. I like when God just shows me something. I saw a hole in the bathroom the other day, plaster sheetrock down. The Lord said, you need to take care of that. I said, I'm giving you something to do, God. <laughs> I said, okay, God, this is something for you to do. We need some money for some sheetrock, just one sheet. I can do it with one sheet. I said, God, I got the mud. He said, well, I intended for you to contribute something. (laughs) You see, when you have a mindset that you want God to do it all, you're in trouble. God will do his part when you do your part. And I'm having fun with this thing. I know when I walked in this morning, I saw them. Well, actually, Wednesday night, for those of us that came out on Wednesday night to pray. And thank God for all of y'all that had come out on Wednesday nights to pray. I tell you what, your prayers is what's making things happen. Amen. And some of you couldn't make it. That's okay. I understand that. Some of you had to work. Some of you couldn't get out. And some, one of the nights it was a, a, a bad night of weather. But you know what? Because you prayed, God has heard. And many of our prayers have been uh, has been in that God would b- bring forth the finances to do the things that need to be done here in this church to, to do the repairs and things that need to be done. But I'll tell you this right now, we're praying for souls. And you know what? I can assure you, I say, I'm going to say this again. I can assure you, I know what I know that I know that God told me. I can assure you, these seats are going to be filled. They're going to be filled with people that are looking with a natural eye to say, I got to come and see what your God. I've got to come and see what your God Hallelujah. is doing. Yeah, My God ain't cutting it. I want to see what. I And I need your God. Amen, amen, amen. And when they see it. Hallelujah. When they see it. Yes. Happening in you. And in the place that you call your place of worship. They're going to come. Hallelujah. And I'm going to close with this. You build it. They'll and, come